to the Mental More Mindset Podcast. I'm Yaa. As a peak performance coach and lifestyle architect, I help women who are ready to reach their next level, eliminate negative self-talk and break through what's been holding them back so they can have clarity, confidence and prosperity in their career and lifestyle. This podcast is to empower you with a Mental More Mindset and help you reach your next level so you can uncover your purpose, reclaim your power and reach your potential. This means no longer living by default but dreaming big and pushing yourself to be, do and have more. I want everyone to know that change is possible, that you are not alone, and there is an alternative way forward, because when you change your mind, it will change your life. Hi everyone, and welcome to our next episode. Today, I have the wonderful and amazing Cassandra Bacon. Cassandra, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hi, Yara. Thank you so much for having me today. So, yeah, my name is Cassandra Bacon. I'm 39 years old. Um, I work for Barclays as vice president, senior product owner, and I also bodybuild. Oh, wow. Um, so tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. Um, so I am dyslexic. And not many people know that because um, uh, us neurodiverse people uh, like to mask as much as we can our um, invisible disability, as some people say. Um, so, yeah, not many people know it. Um, but when I do share, it shocks them because um, I've used my um, disability as a super ability in my professional career. But we might dig into that later on. I hope we do. I really hope we do. <laughs> For more reasons than one. Um, so in terms of your professional journey, tell me how you got to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, long one. So I have just now um, had my 19th year anniversary working for Barclays. So yes, I have literally climbed my way up the ladder. So I started off as a cashier in one of the Norfolk branches where I was brought up um, and worked my way up. So um, done various roles, um, started in branch, um, local business management at a very young age compared to the other um, local business managers. So yeah, we can get into that in a bit more detail if you'd like. Um, but then I seconded and moved to London around 13 years ago. And I've just done multiple roles in head office where I'm now a senior product owner. And I look after real estate on the banking app. So I have a team in Punai in India offshore who developed the app for me. And we um, make changes for the customer experience for our 10 million customers. So it's really exciting, really stressful, um, but I love it. (laughs) I love that. And so tell me a little bit, because you did mention earlier that you were um, a bodybuilder as well. Yes. So So that's kind of like my split personality, if you like, very corporate day by day. (laughs) And then, yes, so I'm a professional um, bodybuilder. Um, and yeah, I love it. So I've, I've only been doing it relatively for a short period of time. So four years, but in that time, I've got my professional um, status. And um, last year I was able to compete internationally a few times. So a couple of times in Spain and also in Texas in America. So I, um, when was it in October, I won the overall pro figure European championships, which, um, got me to qualify for the Atlas in Texas. So um, yeah, whirlwind of a journey. Um, Started off just working out and loving the whole process. And for that, 
mental well-being kind of side of things having had you know obviously the professional stress um and just just love it I just love it I love the fact that I can now change my body I love the discipline that it gives me and the control that I have um I didn't envision um standing on stage in a bikini you know um but it's just yeah something that I fell into and I absolutely love Oh, that's amazing. So Mm. in terms of the discipline, it sounds like you have to be disciplined in both um, the bodybuilding and also with um, your professional role. Mm -hmm. So what motivates you to to get up and go every day? Um, Yeah, a, a good one. So motivation for me, I feel like motivation won't always be there. There are times when you just want to hit that snooze button where you don't want to get up. But it is, for me, movement, creating that habit creating that discipline Um, and then I feel odd if I don't go and work out at 6am in the morning before I start my eight hour you know day at work on conference calls talking to people internationally and what have you so because I've set that as a routine that is part of me now Um, so that's where my motivation comes from and the fact that you know you get to reach your goals you set goals in terms of in the gym or professionally as well and you want to you know I'm I'm very ambitious so if I don't get out of bed I'm not going to hit my goals and that's not going to make me happy so yeah a bit of drive as well goes a long way in just getting up and getting on with it. Wow so in terms of getting up and getting on with it um what do you think that you wish you would have known at the, your beginning of your career? It could this could be both actually, both the beginning of your professional career and the beginning of your bodybuilding career. Mm-hmm. That you wish you um, you would have that you can do it. Mm. Yeah, that you can do it. It is achievable, um, and just to believe in yourself. You know, yes, there is always hard work. You know, nothing is given to us for free. But if you set your mind to it and you break down your dreams, your ambitions into achievable goals, there is nothing other than yourself that is stopping you from getting to where you want to go. Wow. So in terms of, because it sounds like you're very driven. So in terms, where does that drive come from? Ah, Good. I wonder that myself sometimes as well. I'm like, why am I so neurotic? (laughs) Like, where does, why can't I just sit still for a little bit? Um, But I guess, you know, in terms of my upbringing, my parents, you know, I've always strived to, um, you know, do well. um, And, you know, with, in terms of, you know, impressing your parents from a young age, bringing that sort of 10 out of 10, you know, marked homework back, um, school sports, you know, getting that gold medal, there's always that, I guess, but I don't know where it comes from. I don't. And people laugh um, and sort of say, well, what's the next thing, Cass? You know, you've won the overall pro championships. What's next? And I'm like, really, am I that bad? <laughs> is that always the next? Yeah, so that's, that's going to be my next question for you. What is the next for you? In terms of um, the next 12 months, I mean, obviously, for the bodybuilding side of things, I was on prep. So when we say on prep, it's, um, you know, rigorous training. Um, six days a week with sort of a a strict diet as well Um, and I did that for the majority of 2021 so in terms of you know the stress on the body um, it's um, a lot Uh, so I'm welcoming the rest this year um, and and I'm trying to learn to sit down you know and take it in Um, I 
obviously like to think about things from a gratuitous point of view. So I'm very, you know, grateful of the experiences that I've had. Um, but sometimes, you know, you have to think, let's not go 100 miles an hour, you know, this, this all the time. So I guess uh, it's now about um, just loving, getting back to loving the training, um, having more space in my day because um, it is all consuming in terms of bodybuilding. So, you know, my friends and my family, it is a sacrifice um, for them. So giving back to them, having more sort of family meals out, you know, days in the park, which, you know, weren't there so much last year. So I'm looking forward to more family and friends time, I guess. That's amazing. So then in terms of you slowing down how has that process been for you yeah it's a process it's a process because you've been on that kind of hamster wheel for so many days you know and it is bodybuilding is 24 7 it's not like you know a game of football where 90 minutes you're sort of you know on the job and then you can relax it is 24 7 so it's just that mental training again as well it's a journey that I need to take myself on and you know it's 10 weeks now I, I think that um you know I've stopped prep and I'm sort of into what they call an off season where you can relax your diet you know you focus on growing um, muscle and just you know not being in a in a calorie deficit um, so I'm now getting into that kind of mindset where it is okay to just you know pop out and have lunch or you know potentially miss a gym session or rearrange your schedule and and nothing you know is is going to derail you as much as it would when you're on prep you know so in terms of because you spoke about mindset you also talk, spoke about being gratuitous what so you're very um, growth mindset orientated, it sounds like, and also have more, like more of an abundance mindset. So where, where does that come from for you? Yeah. yeah, so I probably can definitely pinpoint this. So I have just also had my um, 21st anniversary of um, being in remission from having cancer when I was a teenager. So if um, getting over and beating cancer, not once but twice, doesn't make you you know, um, humble and, you know, appreciative of every day after that date, you know, I don't know what does. So yeah, everything that I do in life in terms of, you know, the bad days, the good days, there's always something that you can be grateful for. And I would just sort of, you know, encourage anybody to think that way because you can always find good in your day, in your week, in your challenges, in, you know, your failures, just, you know, you've survived all of your bad days so far so you know yeah I think that's that is really really amazing they actually gave me goose pimples when <laughs> you, spoke about, you spoke about being um having had cancer twice so if you don't mind could you tell us a little bit about that yeah so when I was 17 years old I was diagnosed with having Hodgkin's lymphoma so I had to have um, chemotherapy for that and obviously at 17 you know you're learning to drive you well I was learning to drive I was um, deep in uh, my A-levels um, but I continued to do all that while having chemotherapy although I couldn't attend college so much so my friends would bring my homework or, or schoolwork home um, when I wasn't very well um, and then um, I was put into remission but three months after that I relapsed so um, the cancer came back so I had to have um, a bone marrow transplant so because I don't have any true sort of 
brothers and sisters, I have half brothers and sisters, it would have been very difficult for me to find um, a bone marrow match. So what they did, and you think about it 21 years ago, this, uh, the stem cell treatment was all very new. Um, so I chose to go into and be part of a medical trial to obviously um, support myself in beating cancer, but also anybody else after which. Um, so they actually took my bone marrow from me and my stem cells from me. Um, then I was um, obviously given another very harsh course of an, um, chemotherapy. And then they put everything back. And um, on the second round, it was kind of like, this, this could work, but it also couldn't work. We don't really have a plan C, this is our plan B, and it's, it's a 50-50 chance. So let's see what we can do. Um, but if this doesn't work, um, we don't know what will. So it's pretty scary if you think about it as a kind of a, a 19 year old then. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of that. And um, then I was in hospital for around about, I think 10 weeks. Um, and it was, it was pretty harsh. You know, I, I think if I'm honest, yeah, I've blocked a lot of it out. And, you know, being it 21 years ago, it's thankfully in my distant memory and I've locked that away and it's never coming back so I, I you know it's okay for me to forget because that was part of my life that's been and gone and I've experienced fantastic things ever since um but but yeah that's just part of my story wow so this goes back to what we were discussing earlier um about where your motivation comes from um and also your drive comes from you you said you're not sure um the fact that you're able to look at things so optimistically because a lot of people would look at that situation and say this bad thing has happened and it's never coming back mm. but then they would use it to kind of become a victim almost that kind of thing so what 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 do you think has made you not go down that that path I think I'm inherently stubborn. <laughs> it sounds funny, but all through my journey medically, I think doctors were like, oh, oh, Cass, you know, you need to think that you won't be able to do this and don't think that you'll be able to do that. And, and I'm kind of like the person that is, okay, you've said that, but I'll go and do it twice. And then I'll send you a postcard when, you know, I'll send you a picture when I've done it, just so you can see that, you know, it's not the case. So I'm pretty stubborn. And if somebody tells me I can't, well, okay, watch me do it. And I think I get that from my mum as well. And my mum, I was talking to my mum the other day and she was like, I knew, you know, nobody was going to tell you what to do by the age you were about seven, you know, because I couldn't even pick out your clothes for you. You knew, you know, I have an element of certainty on what I want. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is so beautiful because it sounds like you have a certainty because a lot of people, especially during this time now that we're in, they're looking for certainty in external things but you mm. seem to have certainty within yourself and that to me is very very powerful so could you talk a little bit about that yeah I guess I've learned to think about controlling your controllables if that makes sense so there's always going to be stuff going on that you could worry about but what good is it going to do if you can't control it mm. so it's as simple as that it's about and you know you know you have those little conversations within yourself. Well, what can I control? Okay, and again, breaking down your goals, making them achievable, making them for you. What can I control? Okay, I'll do that then. I won't worry about 
what she's going to look like on stage or what they're doing in the office. Um, I'll control me and my performance and I'll let everybody else worry about themselves. And I think, again, professionally as well, I think that's a good takeaway. Stay in your own lane. Do a good job. There might be people, you know, looking at you and worrying about you. Don't worry about them. Just do a good job. Do it the right way. You'll get seen, um, you know, for the good reasons. Um, and it's not done me too bad so far. So I keep doing it. So with that then, because in terms of your bodybuilding career, I mm -hmm. know that that, I know you said it's very, um, it's, it hasn't been so long. So talk me through that because I know um, that you've done amazing things in a really short period of time. It's yeah, it's crazy. I didn't really understand. So it's it, bodybuilding itself. It's down to, you know, how disciplined you can be, how hard you can work in the gym, but also your genetics. So up until I started to try and change my body, I think I'm very thankful for my genetics, but also, you know, my work ethic. And it was just, you, you know, usually going down, doing your body pump classes, your spin classes, eating your salad, but not necessarily getting to where you want in terms of your weight so I have struggled with my weight and obviously all the medication that I was on before has made it quite hard at times um, but having that education finding myself an amazing coach which I've just been an absolute sponge you know you just he's he's taught me so much um, and then just discipline every day doing the same things working hard seeing those changes which again, you know, gives you the motivation to say, oh, it's working. I'll keep doing that. Yeah, that's really good. But you still haven't told me or told us more to the point about what you've managed to achieve in such a short period of time. Yeah, I think it's my sort of pro, pro status as, as, a, as a bodybuilder. Some, some people, some women, some men, you know, they go on for decades and, you know, they won't achieve that status. Um, so it's, it's mind boggling to me. And I, I sometimes even forget. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> but you won a competition, didn't you? I've won, um, yeah, a few, actually. So, yeah, so I, I started competing when I started bodybuilding in 2018. So I did um, sort of five or six shows. I won, a, um, you know, when, when you say you win, you can either win first place or you can place sort of usually top five. And I've placed in the majority of, of all of my shows that I've done. So, and, and even that in itself is an achievement to, to place. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gobs back to myself, to be honest. <laughs> I, d I just love it. I love the, the resilience and the resourcefulness. And so the, my next question for you is what resources have helped you along the way? In terms of bodybuilding, it's, um, you know, just be a sponge. Um, my coach, like I've said before, you know, he is such a blessing to my life. Um, he's been bodybuilding for 30 odd years. So he's probably forgotten more than what most actually know. Um, so to just have a couple of training sessions with him a week, for him to be on the end of the phone um, and for him, me to, um, you know, absorb all of his knowledge, that's been fantastic. Um, all the way through prep, you know, for him to kind of be there as a support system for my mental state because it's really tough you know to say no and to change your whole lifestyle for 20 sometimes 30 weeks you know 
like I said last year, the majority of the year was on on a, a, a calorie deficit, if you like, and training extremely hard in the gym. Um, but also, you know, you've got so many resources out there, um, you know, books, YouTubes, you know, Google, um, just anybody in that sort of area I've just been a sponge because I've been learning on the job if you like because mm. you know it's only been four years so I had so much to learn but I would say my coach would be number one that's so good and so then I'm going to um, take a little bit of a turn and ask what has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it so in terms of failure I know it has kind of sometimes a negative connotation to it but I seek to fail at least once a week I know it sounds very strange I've gotten so used to failure now because if you're not failing if you're failing at something it means you're trying to do something that you can't do yet so again it's that internal drive well I can't do it either I've set myself that goal or somebody else has said you can't do it <laughs> and then I want to do it I want to achieve it so if I failed then I know that way doesn't work or I need to change to be able to do that thing. So I actually seek out failure and I could list, you know, there's too many to list because I seek out to fail because I want to challenge myself and I want to grow. And I know that might sound very odd, um, but that's just how I think about things. And I'm so comfortable in failing now as well, professionally sort of project management, you know, you have to pivot, you have to adapt to change. Things around you are going to change. Um, so, you know, you could do a massive piece of work that's taken hours of your time, but then the business scope changes. What, what are you going to do? You have to pivot, you have to adapt and you have to move on. Um, but fail fast is my kind of mantra, because then, you know, you're on the wrong path and you can quickly get onto the right path. That's amazing. That to me is just like, wow. And I love that. The whole idea of just you seeking out failure, because oh. I think for so many people, they do the opposite. They avoid it. And so, avoid. In, yeah, so they live um, like a deficit, if you will, because it's like they're always trying not to go mm. down the self. They're afraid of how it will look. So it sounds like to me, your self-image is important to you like your self-image is important to you but how you look to others isn't as important yeah could not give two hoots I mean even if you take it into the gym you know you're looking at that weight that you're going to lift what is the worst that can happen I don't lift it okay so I lift a, a lighter weight this week and I'll try again next week I don't care who else is looking at me oh she's you know not got that one because it's me yeah and again it's about staying in your own lane not worrying about what anybody else thinks because I will get there and you will see me get there but I might go a different route to most I might not get there as quick or I might get there 10 times quicker but I'll get on with it <laughs> so what I want to ask next is um how do you fit all in especially when you were bodybuilding how did you because because it sounds like there's a family mm -hmm. and then the bodybuilding and then there's a high um high pressured role so how do you make it all work it um is a tough I'm not going to lie especially in the sort of last eight weeks of um prep when you're sort of you know you've got that 
um, overhanging goal, it, it's fearful to, to get near to that competition, to think, am I going to do a good job? Am I ready? Have I done enough? Um, but I would say my day was planned out to the minute, mm. to the minute. So, you know, you're getting up, you're doing your fasting cardio, you're going to the gym, you know, you're doing an hour of, of weights all before you have to log on and do your eight hours in work. You know, if you can fit in a lunch break, then you go out and you go for a walk because that's more activity, more steps that you need to do. Then, you know, you're prepping your meals. So, you know, a couple of three times a week, you, I'd bulk prep. It's about being efficient with your day. What I would say is when you haven't got a minute to spare, if there's a curveball, that's when I would kind of nearly, you know, fall off a cliff. <laughs> you know, but again, pivot. Okay, that's happened. This has happened. Okay, what's plan B? And I think when you get into that of, of being able to do it, um, there's always a way, you know, as I said before, you've survived 100% so far of your bad days. So as much as you can plan, there's always going to be a curveball somewhere along the line with pets, with kids, with partners, with family, with, you know, I don't know, transport, you know, anything. So just, just as much as you can be ready for that plan B, C, D, E, F. <laughs> So in terms of learning to, to pivot, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, I really want to touch on this because I suffer from it too, um, is, is when you spoke about having dyslexia and the things that you, so you learn mm -hmm. to become efficient so that people can see your quote unquote mm -hmm. um, visible disability. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, having, I'm very visual. So in terms of my little superpower that I called it, um, when you get to um you know the the round table of the senior stakeholders and stuff they're not too they haven't got time to read you know and a lot of our presentations are very visual so you know you talk over um you know presentation um and many people would struggle to um put words into a visual i love it because that's how i see life you know I, i'm quite creative so i can't necessarily do spelling or words or numbers very well it's funny that I've worked in a bank for 19 years and I'm not great with numbers but that's a whole other thing we've got computers and calculators so that's fine but for me my my kind of USP was that creative communication which senior stakeholders loved and mm -hmm. so when you know a presentation went really well um, that I could articulate very well there's you know nothing wrong with you know the way that I can articulate myself it just might be a, a, a struggle with with words on paper so um, I'd be asked to do another presentation for this board meeting or this senior stakeholder or you know just review um, a pack here there and everywhere and um, it was it was what I was known for so I guess that's one example of how you know my neurodiversity has helped me um, raise my profile in a professional level because I had that skill set that other people might not. I love that. I really, really love that because again, um, and I know that I did this for many years, was 
you then sometimes you shy away from it because you have because you have this neurodiversity mm-hmm. love the fact that you were able to see it as a superpower what advice would you give to somebody who is who may have that um that neurodiversity and and shies away from shining their light if you will um in the workplace or wherever it is in life yep I would just say as you've just touched on Yar, your light is different to other people's light and you can make your light shine brighter more easier because it might come more naturally than anybody else so you don't have to be good at everything I know I'm not good at spelling so I've got you know um, support um, apps on on my phone or my software that helps me um, you know understand if I've got the grammar or the spelling right or wrong (laughs) as usual Um, but but understand your your niche uh, and, and then don't be afraid to share it because other people will grab onto it and they'll you know be thankful for having you in their team you know because you bring something to the table and it might be very very different because the way our brains work than anybody else so that's your light use it oh I love that I'm now going to pivot a little bit and ask you what's your greatest fear oh good one Uh, I think staying stagnant yeah yeah, I think for me, staying stagnant and not not trying, not not trying to do something that I'd really want to do, because it it you know it's the what ifs, the shoulda coulda wouldas that really do make me go, oh, you know, I would hate to look back and think what if. So I guess that is my my fear. So I would just encourage people just to have a go fail fail a million times but when you're through that journey and out of that journey you look back and you think well at least I tried yeah so the second part of that question is um how do you think your fears helped or hindered you that's a really good one I think again in terms of the bodybuilding aspect um it can it can take over a lot it has to take over I could have chosen any other sport which would give me more space in my day Um, and I would say it's like the the sacrifice to everybody else around you and I guess that's why I'm kind of taking a break this year and sort of giving back but the fear of not achieving can give you that tunnel vision which then doesn't give you the kind of peripheral kind of you know self-awareness that you know that sacrifice everybody else is making so it is just to kind of like pop your head up every now and again just make sure everybody else is all right (laughs) because I can get very tunnel visioned I guess um and now I'm gonna um flip it and ask you what excites you the most about the next 12 months I think that you know the lockdowns and you know the situation that we've been in for the past couple of years I feel like it's subsiding now and I feel like just getting back to a bit of normality um, to be able to you know set some of our family plans that we've wanted to do go on holidays you know it's not massive um, excitement of grandeur it's just about getting back to a bit of you know whatever the new normal is going to be but but with a bit more um freedom and less sort of worry about just you know Armageddon or whatever was going if you think about what how we were all feeling you know this time 18 months ago 
I think we're in a much better space so it's just that gratitude of like we've gotten through it you know we seem to be coming out the other side and then just it excites me to to you know if we want to go on holiday we can without the rigmarole you know we can we can do things as a family so not not much I think I'm you know continuing to train continuing to progress in my career um but again just not a, a million miles an hour for 2022. <laughs> love that. I love that I really love that you've just decided that you're going to do you and um, do more of that yes amazing because sometimes people like go do this got to do that got to do this i love that um and what advice would you give to a woman who wants to go to her next level but isn't sure where to start i think it's really important um that you whether whether you do it through journaling or you know because words don't come particularly um easy to me on paper i sit and i kind of sort of daydream or visualize in my head around what my why is because if you're going to need that motivation if, as we've talked about as if we if you're going to need that drive if you're going to need to put that effort in to do all of that hard work to get to wherever you want to go you need to always have that why really close to your head and your heart so when you don't feel like doing it you can refer back to this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm getting out of bed at five o'clock in the morning. This is why I might be working late, you know, and putting in the extra hours. This is why I might be spending X amount of more time on my project and doing over and above because this is my why. So I'd say make sure you're certain in what your why is, have it strong and always have it present to whatever you're doing and it will make things a lot easier. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and, um, and then... If you could step into my shoes and ask yourself a question that I already haven't asked you, what question would it be? Um, I'd probably ask, you know, who who is my biggest in inspiration in life? Cliche. <laughs> and I would probably say my mum. I know mm. it's cliche, but I love my mum to death. She is my best friend. She has taught me to be a strong, independent woman. She is my check-in you know, in terms of picking up the phone um, and always have, you know, that strong support system around you. Um, for me, thankfully, it's mostly one person, which is is my mum. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's taught me all I know um, and I'm probably the way I am because of her. So I have a lot of thanks to give to her and I love her very much. Um, so, yeah, that's probably what I would say. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> And then finally, what gives you a meant for more mindset? I would probably say um, that's a really good question. Um, and again, if shoot for the moon, I would say shoot for the moon, because if you get to a star on the way there, you know, you've reached further than, you know, you thought. So have those big, big dreams, have that mindset that you can do those lofty you know scary wild dreams um and and you know just go for it break it down into achievable goals even if it has to be day by day but as long as you're going towards your dream even if you get to that star you're halfway there oh I love that I just want to um, acknowledge you and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for being honest um, about um, first your experience with cancer, but also your um, uh, dyslexia, I'm trying to get the words out. Um, 
and um, just thank you for for showing up and being present and having so much certainty in, in yourself because as women we tend to put certainty in other things and other people we're so busy doing for others we forget about ourselves so to hear your story about putting the certainty back within yourself and then being in a place where then you could give to others where you are now I just think it's amazing so I just want to say thank you so so much oh I've had such a lovely time now thank you so much it's been brilliant oh I'm really glad that you enjoyed it and before I let you go I just want to know where can our listeners connect with you online yeah, so I'm on Instagram at kbfitnessuk underscore. Um, so drop me a DM, check out my page. Um, there's training videos and all of that stuff, what I'm doing on there. So yeah, would love to connect. Oh, I love that. So guys, that's it for this week. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For more about me, what I do, check out my website, nextlevelcoachinggroup.com, where you can also download my free Release Your Mindset Books guide. You can also follow me on Instagram at Next Level Coaching Group or on Facebook at Next Level Lounge. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rain and review. Thanks. See you on the next one.